You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. to have personal responsibility, political accountability, and corporate culpability. Get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. We must eliminate poverty. I don't care what color the person or child Talk show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning. I have on Queens of Intellect member, typically sitting in her co host's role, but today she is a guest, Ashley Thomas from Making Money Matters. Thank you, Queen, for being with us as we are featuring you on the show as you've given us plenty of your three cents over the course of the last few months, plenty of wisdom, but I'm so excited to put you in a different role today as you are, in a sense, the expert, the expertise I used to say on the show quite often. I always often, um, while we love to do, um, you know, hard conversations on race, sex, culture, and business in the African-American community, I like to bring on people who are a little smarter than myself, and I definitely would include you in that boat, Queen. So thank you for being with us this morning. If you will, say hello to the truth seekers and give people a little bit of your background before we tell them the, the, the discussion question for those who haven't seen the promotions this morning. Yeah, sure. Um, thanks so much for having me on this morning. I always appreciate coming on and being able to talk to everybody. Uh, my name is Ashley Thomas, and in my nine to five, I am a client service manager. So I service um, institutional 401k plans to make sure that they are compliant and operational. And for my personal business, uh, Making Money Matter, I am a personal finance coach. I like to say that I'm the step before a financial planner. So I help people budget, get their money together, get their mindset together, and realize their financial priorities and just do things different. And And uh, I know part of the conversation will be just about um, bringing money and mental health together. So that's, that's what I do. I'm all about money. No, I love it. I love it. I love it. And even when you say you're all about money, what's very unique about you, which we'll get into as we dig into this show, is your approach to how you help others as you just slightly mentioned the concept of bringing um, money and mental health together, which we'll definitely delve into that, uh, uh, you know, a a little later 
as we, um, you know, in a sense, again, you've helped me, you've assisted, you've been a Queen of Intellect member, but we're going to be teaming up even more so, which we'll share with the listeners a little bit later. But to get into this morning's discussion question, are you intimidated by money and estate planning? Are you intimidated by money and estate planning? If you're a first-time listener to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, again, I go by the name Black Socrates. And so we basically take the Socratic method to any of these different issues that we want to tackle within our community. And it's a series of, if you will, asking the right questions to get to the answers that, you know, that we may need. And um, this particular question, I'm going to ask again, you've done this before. And so when you heard it, word it that way, are you... (laughs) by money and estate planning, uh, what was your first thought? Because I think we were playing around with another title at one point, and I switched. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you recall, uh, you know, this being worded this particular way, what was your, just your first initial thought? Um, I really just thought about, like, I guess the different ways that you could be intimidated by money and, like, how that shows up. I know a lot of people don't think about that, but just really – how does intimidation show up with your money? That that was my first thought. No, absolutely, absolutely. And um, and as you said, a lot of people don't think about it. And again, that's what's so unique about your approach as, in a sense, the CEO of Making Money Matters is you want to focus on the mindset behind why people see and deal with money. As you said, you can teach them the nuts and bolts on the budget. As you said, you're kind of the precursor to an actual financial advisor, just kind of getting things in order in a sense before an advisor might suggest mm-hmm. things of that nature. While that's kind of a, kind of a just, anybody could teach that, right? You can just go read that in a book if you will. Uh, but for you, it's it, when we get to, like you said, thinking about that word intimidation, how it shows up, and you mentioned the idea of people not being aware of those things. Yeah, and that that's the thing that makes you unique, and what made me, in a sense, you know, I've been encouraging you to get in this space much sooner than you actually did, just because I know, right? <laughs> because when I first met you and you told me what your approach was, I was like, let's go ahead and get started now, and you were super adamant about look. I want to make sure I understand how people think because the thing that are kind of sometimes outside of them being focused on money plays a role in how they deal with their money. But I'll let you kind of break that down a little more uh, before we go to this first break. Uh, but, yeah, you, you know, again, it's like that, that's what makes you unique, and I want to make sure we're highlighting that throughout this time that I have you on the show. Yeah, I, I definitely appreciate that. Are we heading into the break now, or do we have a few minutes no, no, to go no, into no, it? No, no. So I think, you know, you bringing up awareness is like the greatest thing, right? Uh, people really underestimate what awareness does. And so typically what happens when it comes to anything is like you don't know what you don't know. So if you don't know that you're intimidated by money or you have money problems, you're just unaware. And because a lot of people don't have conversations about money, oftentimes like everyone is like, am I doing this right? Or I should know this already. And like, you would be surprised how many people don't know the basics when it comes to budgeting or understanding like how interest is charged on a credit card and all of these things. And so Awareness is the first step because awareness really brings to you like, oh, I I don't know this thing or I don't understand money the way that I thought I did or I don't understand savings or how I save. And so once you bring that awareness forefront, now you can start looking at the patterns that are happening 
Like when I'm sad, I tend to always go out to eat, right? Like that is where your mental health, that sadness, um, whether that's grief or fear or whatever, is manifesting in your money because every time this happens, this is what you're doing. You're going out and you're buying food without any regard to your budget right, or like any regard to your money. So uh, awareness is really the first step because once you become aware, you can start identifying those patterns and tackling them. But a lot of people tend to get caught behind the shame and the guilt, right, like what I should be doing or I should be here. I never would have did this, right? Like for me, I took out student loans just to get money back when I was in college. I didn't need them. I'm still paying on those student loans. But I can't be embarrassed or ashamed of what I did when I didn't know better. If I knew better, I definitely wouldn't have taken the money out. So that's where awareness really comes in and starts creating a platform for change. No, absolutely. I mean, I think that's the excellent example of the eating out. And like you said, you were just, at the time, you're just thinking of it as the hookup and the hustle because that's what, you know, exactly. a couple of your friends told you, hey, here's the hustle. This is how you play this game. I know, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to go to a school. I'd have to, that's just, um, on a full scholarship or whatever, but, you know, it's we still figured, yeah, we still figured out how to hustle books and stuff like that or whatever because you come from that mentality, right? You just based on where you're from or whatever. And so like you say, you don't know what you don't know. And if you've in a sense uh, been brought up on a hustle mentality, that mm-hmm. stuff is correct. Right? Not like you say, you yeah. not knowing the long term effect of how much you would ultimately have to pay back because you were just hooked trying to get the hook up on the instant gratitude of, you know, I want to, I'm in college but I'm eating lobster today. <laughs> Yes, when those refund checks post. And I think that's another excellent point. It's like our society is so geared towards instant gratification that it really messes a lot of people up because people tend to think like, oh, well, I've decided I want to get my money together. And since I made that decision, all of this is going to happen in like three months. And the reality is the same amount of time that it took you to get into your financial situation, whether that's credit card debt, student loan debt, car debt, whatever it is, right, or you just don't have any savings, it's going to take you um, a considerable amount of time to change your finances, right? Like most people do live paycheck to paycheck. And I don't knock people when they say that, right? Like people tend to take that the wrong way. But for majority of people that, you know, you make a decent amount of money, paycheck to paycheck could still be very valid. I consider myself living paycheck to paycheck. And that's because every single time I get paid, I don't have extra money sitting in my account where I'm like, oh, I could go ball out and buy a TV, right? But I'm putting uh, a considerable amount of money into my savings. I'm putting a considerable amount of money into my 401k. I need my next paycheck. Right. But like being able to get past that instant gratification and knowing that it's going to take time. Right. Like you have to be realistic when it comes to money. And people kind of like with this have this idea of like if I go to the gym this one time, I'm going to be good. Like since you can do these things right now, your butt's not going to get bigger. Right. It's going to take time. That's the same thing with money. It can be instant. Now, absolutely. We're up against the break, so we'll continue this amazing conversation. Looks like we have a couple callers out there. We'll open up the phone lines if you want to get in with Ashley Thomas, this amazing finance coach from Making Money Matters. Please give us a call at 646-787-1691. Again, it's 
787-169-1691 as we highlight in a sense the fears it's not just about the nuts and bolts and the you know just balancing a check if you will but the fears and the intimidation behind how we are with money and how we can improve the mindset we'll be right back you're listening to the mental dialogue talk show but all i ask is that you think Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of intelligent radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. Are you intimidated by money? Why, this is a question most people never think to ask themselves. But when forced to think about it, many people realize they have unrecognized fears that truly affect how they deal with money. If you want to learn more about money and the fears that keep you from prosperity, join us for Making Money Matter Mondays, where money meets mental health with personal finance coach Ashley Thomas and psychotherapist Dr. Katrina Pitt. Every second Monday of the month, find out if you're intimidated by money and what to do about it. To receive a link to this free Zoom event, please DM the Making Money Matter or the Mental Dialogue Instagram pages or contact 404-604-9477. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. Special guest, Ashley Thomas from Making Money Matters. This morning's discussion question, are you intimidated by money and estate planning? As you just heard, the world premiere of the commercial for our upcoming Making Money Matters Monday. Um, Definitely something that we are going to be doing. It's a free Zoom event. Um, so we will tell you a little more about it as we continue this conversation with Ashley. But just wanted to highlight that it is upcoming, hoping to keep y'all tuned in and y'all will hear more details on how you could be a part of Making Money Matters and an opportunity to learn from this amazing queen who, in my opinion, has a, a, a very, very unique niche in that she's um, overly concerned in, in, in a good way with the mindset that we have behind money and the way it shows up in ways that we're unaware. Like, for example, you know, the overeating situation, like that shows up in a lot of different ways, right? And so I'm pretty sure you being in this space, you've ran into people who, in a sense, um, let's be honest about our community to the, to the degree that a lot of times high income is quite often the aim, right? High income right. is what we're taught because at the end of the day, we, like you said, you don't know what you don't know. And unfortunately, exactly. we all... Yeah, we always agree as a culture, not just black people, but I'm talking about American society. We all be like, hey, why did they teach us some of these basics in high school? Mm-hmm. You know, like the basic stuff when it comes to understanding, like you said, interest and money, and you think you have an understanding or whatever, but unfortunately, we're left to get it from our families that are kind of on our own because very little was given to us in high school. So with that said, I'm pretty sure you ran into people who have great income, but then when you're forcing them to sit down with you, and like you said, I'm sad today shows up as I go eat extra, then quite often that person who's making good money says, well, I know I got some extra money to invest. They're usually still shocked by how much money they spend yeah. on eating. 
Yes. Yeah. So like part of the exercise that I do when I take clients in, um, I have them go through their bills. And I, I always try to reiterate, right? Like this is a judgment free zone. Um for my own personal story, like I started twenty fifteen with twenty one thousand dollars in credit card debt. Like <laughs> and I had nothing to show for it. I had like no, it wasn't no down payment for a property or anything. Um, and I, I just got tired of making minimum payments and not having control of my money. And, like, a lot of that came back to eating out. And so one of the exercises I have my clients do is I want you to look at the last three statements um, for your bank, your credit cards, and, like, they're eating out. And, like, you would be surprised how many people just have no idea how much money they spend eating out. And, like, it's one of those things that shocks them. And it takes a very strong person to see that number and overcome it because, again, the feelings that come up are like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I wasted that money. Or when you think about, like, maybe what repairs to your car cost or what you're looking to do, like maybe you have a trip or a bag you want, right, and then you look at how much you've been spending eating out, like, there goes the money right there. And so, like, budgeting and finance is about developing that consistency and really figuring out why you want to make that change because you're going to have to confront those emotional issues if you want to change your finances because people tend to think like, well, I just need more money, right? But the reality is is that it doesn't matter how much money you make if you don't know how to manage your money. And this is why lifestyle inflation really messes people up because maybe you start off making 40000 you move up to 60000 you move up to 80000 but if you never establish the foundation of this is what I tell my money to do, this is what I'm going to save, this is what I'm going to put aside for retirement, if you make $30,000 more, guess what? You're still not going to know how to manage that money. It's not going to make a difference. It just means that you can afford more things. And, like, affording more things does not mean that you have your money together. No, absolutely. I always think of that that um, uh, that simple saying that, um, your income, you know, pretty much as far as, you know, what do you have available and what can you do with it? Your wants and needs quite often equal your income. <laughs> uh-huh. yep. You know what I mean? Uh, so, 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 yeah, go ahead, Queen. I'm sorry. Yeah, Joe Biden has a quote um, that says, it, it's pretty much like, don't, don't tell me what you value. Show me your budget and I'll tell you what you value, right? Like, what we spend our money on is a direct reflection of what we care about. And it's one thing if you don't make enough money to cover your expenses, but it's a whole other thing when you have money and you just lack the dedication and, and like, really trying to be interested in what you're doing with your money and seeing, like, what it means to you and what it's highlighting. And, again, a lot of things we just don't know because, our parents didn't know, their parents didn't know. So we've just been passing down these patterns of like, this is what you do with your money. Or, you know, you pay your rent, but you don't think about saving. You don't think about investing. You don't think about like those emergency funds. And oftentimes I tell my clients, like your money is a tool. And I want you to imagine like you got paid, there's no bills on auto pay, and that money hits your account. What What is your money going to do if you don't tell it anything? it's going to sit right in that account doing nothing. So you have to be strategic. You have to be um, very intentional about what you're doing with your money because it is a tool. 
And just like a hammer, just like a nail, just like a saw, you have to give it direction. You have to know what you're going to do with those tools in order for you to use them effectively. The same thing with your money. If you are not coming up with a plan and telling your money what to do, everything else, your emotions, how you're feeling, your good days, your bad days, like all of that is going to be a direct reflection of how you spend your money. And time goes by so fast that you can't afford to let your money just do whatever it wants to because you're feeling a certain way. You really have to command your money and tell it what to do. No, absolutely. I think the best example, um, I think you um, – I don't know if, if you have um, Harvey Macklin, uh, one of the financial advisors, has helped us out over the years. Um, the best example, I think, of what you're saying as far as, like, say, using it as a tool or giving it direction, the best example that he um, used to share, and I just want to give him credit for this example, but he just simply says, um, you know, think of somewhere, like, let's say we were wanting to go to um, um, Kiss Me, Florida. And, you know, we're up in Georgia mm-hmm. right now. Right. And so he'll just think of a place on the outer edge, you know, on the on the coast or whatever, like the coast on the east coast or the west coast, he'll name a place. And he goes, How many of you could drive there without a map or without a GPS right now? How many of you could find their way to Kissimmee, Florida, or he might say somewhere in California, right? Um without a without a GPS or without a map. And outside of somebody who's from there, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, they're gonna everybody admits they can't get there. And he's saying, so he uses that example and says, in reality, that's how most Americans are with their money. There is no yeah. road. So how could you expect to get there? And so, uh, you know, I love that example. But the thing that I'm loving the most about us just kind of pointing out the obvious, most people eventually have been maybe to a seminar where they wanted to or been to, you know, like, for example, the Missile Live experience. That's just a a regular event. We might just have that come up as a portion of the event. So they're not necessarily coming there knowing they're going to, you know, meet somebody like yourself. You you know, you were fortunate to come to our last live experience. So, you know, people that were coming for that, they didn't know they were going to meet you. And you might give somebody or drop somebody a seed or a piece of advice that they're pretty much in their mind says, I know she's correct and I should get a map. But the bigger thing, right. and, this is what, and this is where I, again, feel like you are unique, is even when I understand I should have a map, the dialogue we have to have is why are we still not taking the step? Right. And, and and because it ain't that simple and you understand that. So if you could just kind of deep right. dive into, because you've been mentioning it, like you said, the, the overeating is an example. Maybe give another example of somebody being unaware of how this particular issue, and it could be related to some, some, some deep dev trauma, then circles back around to why they won't take the step here because ultimately two areas where we as humans sometimes don't like to look at is health and our money and it's because we do know we don't know what right. to do so our fear doesn't allow us to take your advice even if you give it to us step one step two step three step four so we'll know we need to do it so why do people not take step one, step two, step three, step four, even after they've, they've seen it? What have you seen, Queen? Yeah, I, I think it just comes back to, like, people get so embarrassed um, when you point out, like, I, I had one client who did the exercise of, like, counting, you know, how much she spent on eating out, and it was, like, $700, her average amount that she was spending over three months. 
Um, she was trying to get her car fixed and all these other things. And so I, I think, like, if if you think that you know everything about money, you don't. If you feel like you should be doing it better, maybe, but, like, you you can't judge yourself off of that, right? Like, money is one of those situations where you have to kind of look at it as, okay, this is what I did. Now how can I make it better? And I think, like, a common thing that comes up when people are talking about money is, like, what happened in childhood, right? Uh, some of us have had experiences where in childhood we weren't able to get the things that we wanted. So what happens when you have this inner child that has not had their needs met? And sometimes, you know, it's, it's a combination of needs and wants. Like, um, maybe you always have a meal or maybe you always didn't have clothes that fit properly. So what happens when you become an adult that makes a good about a good amount of money? You start buying the things that you want to, and you don't realize that it comes back to, like, I did these things because I wanted to make sure that, like, I was good and I had everything I needed. It never became that. It was always like, oh, well, you know, now I make the money and I want the watch, I want the car, but inside of you, it's a little kid that's like, oh, man, now I can do this and now I can do that, right? Like those little kids that get some change from a relative and then they blow it doing whatever they want to because now they finally have some money. And that's what a lot of people deal with, right? Like it's keeping up with the Joneses. It's that inner child that never had their needs met and now you have the ability to, but you don't realize you giving yourself everything that you want, that treat yourself mentality is also the thing that's increasing your credit card debt or it's the thing that's preventing you from saving because you need a new pair of shoes every two weeks when you get paid. And, like, that might be the case, but you can still save and set that money aside so that you're not blowing $200 every pay period. Why why do that when you could just go ahead and save $50 a paycheck and get those shoes in two months and still have money to do other things or handle emergencies that come up? Uh, oftentimes it could also be a scarcity mindset, right? Like coming back to I won't have, I don't know if I'm going to have. So the way that that can manifest in your money is you hold on to that shit very tight. You're not willing to spend any money. You know that you're saving. You know that you're good. But I'm scared to spend this money because what if something major comes along and I need that, right? And, And so, like, it can swing both ways. Either you blow money or you hoard money but it's not coming from a place of balance, right? You have to be able to spend and save so that you're actually enjoying what you're doing. Otherwise, you're going to be miserable because you feel like you can't do anything because you're not spending your money. And you can't just save, save, save. It has to be save and spend so that you can appreciate that and keep those efforts going with your money. Now, it makes sense. A couple of things comes to mind, and, and we might get to one or both of them before the break. But uh, just real quick, I remember – we did this series on the mental dialogue with um, the money motivation. One of our sponsors, we did a, like a seven or eight show series. And one of our series was a tribute to Earl Graves, um, unfortunately who um, passed away over in the past year or so, uh, the founder of black enterprise. And we played this cut and he was talking about, you know, one of his sons in a sense going into finance, into finance. And he was basically running the estate. He was very proud of his son having, you know, taking a serious interest in money and things of this nature. But even he talked about as much as he wanted to create a space and a magazine to help other entrepreneurs and business people to, in a sense, increase their wealth and and do business better. He talked about 
based on his own lifestyle. One thing that he noted he overspent on still pretty much to this day was suits. And it was because before he decided as a young man to get into that business, he didn't have that growing up as a kid. Mm -hmm. And so even him being as, you know, as a, Famous, you know, I don't know if famous wasn't necessarily his concern, but just being the founder of Black Enterprise and doing very well with his money over the years, he was admitted that that was a mental thing that he really never got over, and he still bought too many suits based on that inner childhood, I never had a suit. Mm -hmm. So I highlight Earl Gray's to say if it can play out for somebody like that, who we all know is super successful, you know, passed on generational wealth to his children. So absolutely, you can only imagine how that inner child right. we take, you know what I mean? I, yeah. To a degree, I always, I always wanted shoes. I'm about to go to a break here, but I always wanted, you know, the the, the, the dope shoes because that's a big thing in our community, mm-hmm. right? And I could hardly get them. So once I started making my own money, I didn't become a, what is it called, kind of a sneaker, sneaker? King or whatever. I didn't get into it to that degree, but I, but I would get my shoes, and because when I was in high school, I would have to keep them clean because I could, I knew I wasn't getting another pair. So what I would do is I would buy shoes, still keep them clean, and I end up getting a, a a pretty pretty large, still right now to this day, a pretty large shoe shoe collection, if you will, because um, I know how to keep them from that old childhood stuff. But the idea of wanting right. them came from I could never get them like my friend. Yep. And so it sticks with me that inner childhood, I'm hoping that people who are listening can figure out what those things are that they maybe be overspending on and they actually could spend less on and actually put their money to use. We're up against the break. Yeah. We'll re- be back. Well, all I ask is that you think. If you want to get in for the callers out there, press one and you can let us get in on this morning's discussion. If you're online, the number is 646 646- Seven eight seven one six nine one. Again, that's six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. You do have to press one if you want to speak. We'll be right back. Where all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at MoneyMotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes. And I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit. And what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still go with me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest Ashley Thomas, one of our Queens of Intellect members, sitting in the role as guest. She is the CEO of Making Money Matters. 
This morning's discussion question, are you intimidated by money and estate planning? I want to flip to the whole other end of it, the end of the spectrum. Like I said, we talked about that, chasing that inner childhood. And like you said, how does that show up in our money kind of unknowingly because we're unaware. We don't have that roadmap. We're not directing our dollars and where it should go. But like you said, on the whole other end is maybe having the, the unfortunate life experience where you did not have. And so the concept of, all right, I got some income, I'm going to save every penny and how that shows up. And I definitely have some friends who are doing amazing. And for the most part, they set themselves up. They uh, basically, you know, have great income. Um, they got a lot of the basics, uh, mm-hmm. but they say to the extent that they are afraid to invest in a way that could really catapult them to where they ultimately really want to be. But they're, they're trying right. to save to get to where they want to be. And the, the likelihood of doing saving your way to wealth is probably the wrong spectrum as well. So if you will, Queen, yeah. you know, give us some, you know, some, some thoughts on, again, how it shows on, on the entire other end. These mental blocks affect how we are with our money and estate planning. Yeah, I, I would say, like, one of the main things is not understanding wants versus needs. Um, and and that kind of plays into estate planning because, like, you know, we've talked about life insurance before. And, like, life insurance is one of those things where people are like, oh, you know, I could just take the policy that I have at work and be okay. And it's like, no, that's that's not enough because if someone is dependent on your income, you have to have the honest conversation about, like, what does my income look like and how long would they realistically need this support? Again, if you have a child that's, like, one, you're looking at at least providing them income, like your income replacement, for at least 17 years, right? So we have to have ample policies. We have to know what we're spending so that we can really plan and be strategic about these. And if you're not having those conversations, if you're not looking at your money honestly, there's no way for you to, like, proceed the way that you should. And saving is fantastic, Mm -hmm. right? Don't get me wrong. But, like, saving is a short-term thing in terms of what that money should be used for. And so oftentimes there's about three different ways that, like, money is categorized. It's, like, Short term, so anything that you probably need, um, I would say, like, within a year or so, um, I would say probably, like, intermediate is somewhere between one and seven or eight years, maybe nine. And, like, long term, what you do with the stock market is something that you won't need that money for at least 10 years because all of the things that you should be doing with your money, it should be making you some form of income, whether that's interest, that's dividends, right? You want your money to just be making money. And, like, rates in the in the savings accounts right now are very low. Um, I think it might be a half a percent. And so, like, when you talk about that compared to the stock market where, you know, like people are making 13, 15, 20% for the year that we've had, a half a percent is really not cutting it. So, yes, you can save. You can have an emergency fund. You can do all of those things, but that is not proper estate planning because if you're 40 right now, you know, based on your family's longevity, you might live until you're about 75. That's 35 years that you need to have where, hey, if anything comes up, you need to be able to handle it. Your savings can do some of that, but your savings is not going to make enough money in 35 years 
to make money for you, to replenish some of the money. And I don't know if anybody's paying attention to the prices right now, but we're dealing with inflation, right? Like the cost of everything is going up, gas, groceries, milk, eggs, like clothes, everything's going up in price. And if you don't have investments in place or things in place where your money is outpacing inflation, you're losing money by just having it in your savings. So, yes, it is smart to have a savings, but your savings is something that's going to handle, like, short term. It's not something that you expect your savings to just grow that for 35 years and you be good because it's not going to grow fast enough. It's not going to outpace inflation, the cost of goods going up. So you have to be thinking about, like, what do I need in the future and how can I cover that, right? So if you can prepay your funeral expenses, if you can prepay whatever it is that you want. Me personally, I want to be cremated. My family knows that. Um, I have it, you know, with my um, my final disposition paperwork, and, like, they already know what to do. I plan on prepaying it. It's a tax write-off, which is always a fantastic thing when you can save money on taxes, right? But, like, you have to be thinking and thinking about what you want that money to do in the future. And if you want your money to be working long-term, 10 years or more, it has to be doing something else than sitting in a bank account. So whether, again, that's life insurance or investments, and even when you talk about your children, like estate planning could be you opening a 529, um, a savings account for your kid for school. You could open one of those and put money aside and learn about the market together with your child and start investing that money. Again, straight savings is great, but that's really like, oh, my tire went out, I need to get a new tire, or I've lost my job and I need to live off of this money for six months, fantastic. But things beyond that, you need something that's really going to be working for you. And oftentimes people will look at life insurance because it builds a cash value that you can go ahead and take money from. And then that policy is going to cover you, your family, if anything happens, as long as you're getting adequate insurance. Now, it makes sense. So what I really want to, Deb, and again, I think this is your area of, well, part, you tell me if I'm wrong, but this is part of the reason why you are in this space, is, again, everything you're saying makes complete sense. And, again, but things mm-hmm. can make sense to us and as a culture, let's talk about overcoming this the idea of I understand, I know I should invest, but I don't know anything about investing, right? And so what we'll see in the culture is, for example, um, in certain neighborhoods that I live in, in Atlanta or whatever, uh, the lottery is huge, right? And mm-hmm. also other aspects of, again, like we talked about earlier in the show, just if you, if you are live somewhere where there's a, in a sense, a hustle mentality and you learn how to flip money real quick and things of that nature, um, what, you know, whatever that might be. So when you're coming from that, and again, you're talking about to a degree, some of it being instant gratification, but it's the real, there's a willingness to risk on these things that don't pay out. We, there's no fear in those areas, even though they rarely right. pay out to your advantage or they rarely get you the return. There's a willingness due to the psychology. And that's where, you know, I would love to, you know, have you talk about that because from what I understand, that's part of the reason you want to be in this space is to move more people from a willingness to spin on the lottery, a willingness to, you know, have somebody come along and, and convince them here's a good investment 
and the reason they attach to that investment versus a sound investment you might suggest is because of fears and the mentality. That person is hustling it and can make it sound good, but why are we willing to go after something with that type of return that's way more riskier than something that you might suggest? Why do you think people do that in your opinion? Um, I would honestly say, like, despite there being, like, slim odds for someone winning or, you know, doing something like that, a lot of people, this this goes back to that instant gratification. A lot of people will see that and be like, I can get all my needs met if I just hit this lotto, you know, it's, it's 20 million, like, that's all I need. And if I get it, I'm good. People don't look at I'm taking the time to build my money where I needed to go. Now, there are so many ways that you can be making money. There are so many ways that, like, you can put your money to work, whether that's crypto, that's stocks, that's investment properties, that's tax lien properties, um, you know, like buying land, vending machines, um, Toro, a lot of people are buying cars and, like, putting them on the system to get them rented out, right? Like, there are so many ways to make money. But, like, people, people like, think that it should be instantaneous. Again, if I decide to do this thing, I want it to happen right now. And that's not what happens when you are, like, legitimately taking your money and putting it to work. It's not realistic. So people don't have realistic timelines when it comes to money. And they feel like if I get it, this one big lump sum, I'm going to be good. But it comes back to our thing about earlier. If you don't know how to manage your money, you get that $20 million. What What do we see all the time? People hit the lotto and then, boom, they're broke in a couple of years because they never learned how to manage it or they didn't know about ways to put their money to work that were something other than putting it in their savings, right? And so, like, you have to be researching. We're, we're in the information age. And if you want to make money, you can do that. There's, like, drop shipping where you can go ahead and like have a website and sell items and you don't even have to keep the inventory or you could work with a vendor and buy items at a discounted price and then go ahead and resell those at a higher price to make your money back, right? Like there's so many ways. And unfortunately, I think a lot of what we're up against is like what social media is pushing is like, you can be an entrepreneur, you can make money these ways. And, like, it's nothing. That's it. All you got to do is want it, and it's going to happen to you. But, like, you really have to put your money to work. You have to be intentional. And, like, I know that, like, stocks are very popular. And, like, one thing that happens is, like, people will get into the stock market, and they'll be like, okay, I need, like, $1,000 by tomorrow. That's not how it works. And even if it's this, right, the one thing that is guaranteed to happen in this country is that you cannot get around taxes. Outside of life insurance and, like, beneficiary proceeds, you're not getting away from taxes. So when you're going in and out the stock market and buying and selling and doing all of those things, you're creating a tax bill. And so people don't think about those things and wind up getting themselves in, in deeper holes because, hey, what what are you doing? Are you being strict with how you're deciding to proceed with this? And if you're not, like, it's going to show in the results of how you make your money. And so it, it really comes down to, are you being realistic about the time that it takes for your money to work and make you money? 
And the lotto is fine. And, like, I had participants when I used to do um, education for 401K plans, going out, traveling, and speaking to different people at companies. Like, people were really excited about getting lotto tickets and, and having this idea of, like, winning this money all at once and that being enough. And, like, that's fine, but it still doesn't beat the basics. It still doesn't beat you knowing how to set aside 10% or 15% or 20% of the money that you make so that you're good. Because life is such a thing where it's not, oh, when is, like, will this happen? Everything with life is when will it happen, right? When will something go wrong with your car? And it's not to, like, bring it into existence or speak negatively, but, like, never in the history of my life have things, like, continued to be 100% great. And so when you control your money and tell it what to do, not only are you being here in the present moment and, like, deciding what to do with it, but you're also forecasting and thinking about what could happen in the future and preparing for those what-ifs and those curveballs. And so it can't always be instant gratification, money, and I'm good. It has to be, like, what do I need this money to do in the future? And how am I going to command my money to tell it what to do for me now and in the future? And, like, people are just too short-sighted when it comes to money. Right. Let me throw this in. We're up against the break and um, definitely continue this conversation. For the callers that are out there, press one if you want to ask Ashley a question. We have it for one more segment, and uh, we'll continue this conversation um, at the top of the hour. But if you want to ask a question or have a comment, please press one. Uh, but, yeah, we should say uh, preparation. Preparation is the key. So even when you said, um, you know, getting the lottery, even if you were to hit it, it doesn't beat. Uh, the things that you're suggesting. Well, I would like to put those two and two together so that even if you weren't lucky enough to hit it, right? Like you said, most people right. still that hit it end up broke. So the preparation you're talking about has you ready in the event that you were to hit it. So that means right. you need what you're talking about regardless. Even if you were lucky enough to hit it, you don't want to be somebody who hits it and ends up broke. We'll be listening, we're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. If you're looking to purchase or sell a home in Atlanta's competitive real estate market, there's only one real estate agent we call on, Ephraim Abdullah. Not only is he honest and straightforward, but he has a proven, repeatable strategy that consistently gets his clients the homes they wanted versus their second or third choice. What's Elfram's secret? His virtual on-the-spot offer moves his clients to the front of the line for purchases and for sales. His no-nonsense approach gets your home sold and off the market. For a results-oriented real estate experience, contact Elfram Abdullah, a licensed agent powered by EXP Realty at 770-800-7922. Again, that number is 770-800-7922. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest Ashley Thomas from Making Money Matters. This morning's discussion question, are you intimidated by money and estate planning? Intimidation. Are you intimidated? Again, key words to this morning's discussion. And so here's the example I think is the epitome of Again, your goal is ultimately to create a mind shift of understanding money. And I think the epitome, the epitome of that example is, to a degree, 
we've talked about this before on the show, but I just want to highlight this example because I think it's perfect for what we're trying to discuss here. So the concept of another way of hitting the lottery, right, if you will, is if you're fortunate enough to be a high draft pick in sports, right, or something mm-hmm. of that nature. We always look at those athletes, you know, in a sense, getting a lot of money and things of that nature. And so um, the unfortunate reality is um, – for NFL players, half of them are broke five years outside of the league, after five years outside of being out of the league or whatever, right? And so most of us hear that, and there's a thought of, that's shameful. Which That's just kind of what crosses somebody's mind. It's shameful right. that they made, all, they made all that money, and five years later, half of them are broke. So we say, wow, that's shameful. We'll say it's shameful without realizing we have a focus on income, and so since they made all that money, the money they made, right, we haven't shifted right. to it's what we keep because we still have this concept of if I make a lot, I'll just – I won't spend all of it. It's the mindset right. that a lot of us have. I won't spend all of it because it doesn't take into account the taxes that you mentioned. It doesn't take into account inflation. Right. So what happens is you're forced to learn about money, even if you were to make a lot in order to maintain, keep, and absolutely, if you want to ensure that you pass down some. And so what happens is we get busy in our own lives and never think to get this skill. And we look at those athletes, since they made a lot of money, they have a, a more of a, we think of it as they have more of a reason to learn the skill. No, they're just like us. They become experts in their right. fields. And, unfortunately, they have more predators. The people they trust are typically their family, who, in a sense, don't know about money. And then sometimes when you have that kind of money, the people they put their money in, in, in the hands of doesn't always have their best interests. I'm pointing out all of that to say that we don't realize a lot of us have the exact same fear with talking to somebody like you. Yep. Like, we're looking down on the athlete who made all that money for not figuring out who to trust to show them what to do with their money, not realizing it's no different. If we're in this, if it's no right. different than the boat that we're in, if I won't talk to an Ashley Thomas, if I won't talk to an, a financial advisor, or here's the concept, I don't make enough money to talk to one. Please jump in, Queen, well, because that's ultimately the work you're trying to do. I um I went to a networking event this week and um I had I had a guy who he was like, Hey, so like what do you do? I'm I'm telling him about making money matter and he was like, So, um, is is there such a thing as too small a client? Not at all. Not not at all. Because if what I typically do with people is like, Yeah, I'm I'm going to create a budget for for you. You're going to tell me how much money you make. Um, you're going to tell me what your expenses are. I'm going to actually look at the numbers. And, and like, people don't know that they're not being honest about money. So what will happen is, like, somebody will be like, I make uh, $4,000 a month. And so they give me all of their expenses, and we're at $3,000. Okay, so you're telling me that you make $4,000. we are at $3,000 worth of expenses, and you say that you don't have money. So, like, there's something missing from this equation. And so, like, the very first thing is that you have to be honest about where you are, right? Like, 
it does not matter if you're like, man, things are perfect or whatever, but like, if you're not going to be honest about where you are, just like going to therapy, if you can't be honest, nobody can help you because there's no way of me being able to be like, oh yeah, like this is what we need to work on. Or, you know, let's talk about these things to get you in the right direction because I don't really know what's going on with you. There's no reason to be scared about it. I I can understand that it can be intimidating to have those conversations, but this is where you have to like really ask people questions and what their motivation is behind what they're doing. And for me, I just want to see people doing better. I want to see them actually controlling their money because I didn't have that. I didn't have money growing up as a child. Like I babysat a couple of times and made a little money, but I didn't know anything about money. Even in college, I, I didn't know about money. And so everything that I've learned now has been through trial and error, but it should not have to be that way for every single person in our community that we have to trial and error our way to figuring things out. When you can have a real-ass conversation with someone that's going to be like, no, that is not in line with what you said you wanted to do, right? I'm going to hold you accountable. You're going to tell me what it is that you want to achieve, and I'm going to sit there, and I'm going to be your big sis, I'm going to be your little sis, and I'm going to be like, no, you can't do that. I know that you're an adult and you think that you can and you want to do that, but this is where it becomes wants versus needs. And, like, is this really getting you closer to your goal? And oftentimes it's not. Oftentimes, like, we get sidetracked by little things that don't mean anything at the end of the day. And, like, I'm here to be like, this is not what we're doing, sis. This is not what we're doing, bro. We're going to sit here and get you going in the right direction so that you are prepared. And, like, the dope thing about changing your mindset, right, and and I always tell my clients, like, I want you to celebrate the small victories where clients are like, oh, I didn't budget, but I realized that I overspent in this. That's a win, right? The fact that you can identify that you did something different, you have to clap it up for yourself because it can be overwhelming. And so, like, when, when you can start recognizing those little things and start seeing these little ways that, your money is being impacted and you're changing. Like you celebrate those things and you, and then now because you are more aware of your money, when you start talking to people about money and when they start trying to do things, your conversations are going to sound different. Things are going to be different for you because you have a certain level of awareness and knowledge now. And every single person that comes in contact with you is going to 100% benefit from that. Because I guarantee you, you have a conversation with a homeboy or a homegirl, and you're like, oh, no, I can't afford to do that. And they'll be like, why do you say that? Oh, I got a budget. You know, I, I'm spending this amount. I'm saving this amount. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I, I didn't even think about that. Or I didn't know that you could do it another way. Absolutely. Yeah, There's the no other way to do it. Yeah, it raises the culture. And um, so I think this is a perfect segue in just talking about your excitement, talk about Money Matter Mondays. Um, and linking up with Dr. Katrina Pittman, a psychotherapist with 15 years of experience of therapy. Um, Because at the end of the day, here's the reality. The reason we, in general, don't like having these conversations is because a lot of times we were brought up in households where parents keep the money tight. You don't tell people what you make. And when you you teach, when you're taught, you don't tell people what you make. It also includes parents who are typically not having conversations with you, even though your one day should be the beneficiary beneficiary of any of the money that they have, and a lot of times we're right. figuring it out later in life. So if you will, just talk about your excitement with working with Dr. Trina Pitt and what people can expect 
on Making Money Matter. So I'm thankful, Queen, to be teaming up with you and getting you in the space because you we need you in the space. For people that know me, I vet people very well, so I'm glad to have you being the person yeah. that, that gives people, you know, this kind of information. But, yeah, please, let's talk about Dr. Pittman and what you or people can expect from Making Money Matters. Yeah. Um, so I, I first just want to thank you for your encouragement and your support and, and like even bringing this idea to life and the collaboration. Um, but I'm so excited to be working with Dr. Pittman. I, I don't know if anyone has heard her on the show or you've gone to the live events, um, but her demeanor is so dope and she's so relatable. And she's not like that typical therapist that you picture in your mind that's sitting there with a notepad that's judging you like, She's a black woman, right? She got locked. Her her energy is just so calming. And so I'm excited to be talking with her because when you have these conversations about money and mental health, um, the one thing that tends to happen, right, is like when you talk about something that brings up some of those traumas and triggers from your past or like when you start realizing why you make the decisions that you make because it came from childhood, because it came from a relationship, what happens is that you open up your luggage, right? I, I just want you to think about, like, your emotions and all of that being a, a piece of luggage. And if you open it up and you don't know how to unpack that, if you don't know how to bring that out gently and have conversations, like, guess what? Your stuff's going to wind up all over the And that's what we don't want to have happen. I don't want you to start addressing these things about money and start digging up this fear and this hurt and this shame and this disappointment and this guilt and embarrassment, all of these very heavy emotions, and not have someone that can hold your hand and help you unpack that luggage and really walk through that. And, and like, if you don't have the support for someone being like, hey, there's no reason to feel that way, or this is why you're doing this, or this is what this comes from, you're going to be in your head and things are going to be worse than they were before because you don't understand. You don't know what you're dealing with. You don't know what to do with these big emotions. And because we don't focus on mental health in our community, like people are scared. So when you talk about something like money, which is a very big thing, it's, it's still like very taboo for people to talk about what they make. When you talk about that and that starts bringing up emotions, you have to have support in place that's going to allow you to push through that discomfort, that's going to allow you to push through that embarrassment and those feelings. And so it's wonderful that we can team up and have these conversations because while I'm going to be talking about the money and where it could be coming from, Dr. Pittman is also going to be talking about where it's coming from and how you can handle these emotions, how you can process them things that you could be doing, right? So I'm going to have journal prompts. I want to really be honest with yourself. And and now that you are being honest with yourself and holding a mirror up to yourself and seeing parts of yourself, because it's not just money, it's those emotions, it's that childhood, it's those triggers, it's that trauma, it's because your mom said no or your dad said yes, right? It's all of these experiences that manifest in our money and having two people there that care about you, that want to see you do better mentally and financially, you have to have that support together so that we can guide you through that process. And so I'm very excited to be teaming up with Dr. Pittman and having these conversations so that we can create the awareness and the awareness creates options for change. And that's what we want to see. 
Hey, love it. For anybody out there that's excited about um, this this Monday, December the 13th is our first one. We're going to be doing it every second second Monday of the month. Um, please DM myself. I'm actually let them know how they can follow you. Could you DM me or ask me for the link uh, to get on? It is free. We are looking for more sponsors to ensure that we make, keep this free for the public uh, to have access to this once-a-month event. Again, just trying to get our money right, making Money Matter Mondays. Looking forward to yeah. it. Can't wait to do it on Monday. But, again, DM me. Let them know how they can stay in contact with you. I know you have to go, Queen, so, you know, give them your contact information. Thank you for uh, an amazing first hour. Uh, we have another special guest coming on the second hour, Shay Norman from Society of Black Agents, um, to continue this morning's discussion on estate planning. But let them know how they can contact you, Queen. Yeah, sure. So you can find me on Instagram at Making Money Matter LLC. Uh, same for Facebook. Um, you can go to my website to reach out. Uh, my website is makingmoneymatter.org, or you can send me an email, makingmoneymatter at gmail.com. Um, yeah, follow me on social media. Feel free to send me any messages. Montoya and I are collaborators on the post, so if you see it on Mental Dialogue, you'll see it on Making Money Matter. I would be happy to have the conversation or start the conversation, and I am so excited and looking forward to working with Montoya and Dr. Pittman on Monday for our Making Money Matter Monday. No, absolutely. I can't wait. Um, this is so needed. Appreciate you this morning, Queen. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where what I'll, what I'll ask is what you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478 478- 781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still go with me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Even walk like money. That's a professional that they know that they can trust. And so, like, we really have to be focusing on getting into fields that are going to give us the knowledge and education. And, and like, the first thing I think of is life insurance, right? That is a very real 
intangible ways to build wealth um, within our community. And a lot of people don't even consider life insurance, right? Like you have the ability to put hundreds of thousands of dollars in somebody's hand um, should, you know, in the event that you pass away, right? Because that's going to happen. Um, and, and setting them in a position where now they can build wealth and clear debt and change things generationally for their families and, like, we don't take advantage of life insurance. And so, like, what, what careers are we getting into to really generate the knowledge that will put us on game and change everything within our community instead of focusing on those high-income careers? Yes, they're beneficial, but oftentimes I think that really drives consumerism more than it, it focuses on building wealth. Or hey, how about can I, can I – Oh yeah, please go ahead. Go yeah, ahead, go ahead. please. Oh, okay. no, you're fine. I, I don't want you to lose your. I don't want you to lose your thoughts. I'm good. But, uh, I, I just want to. I just want to supplement on what Ashley said because I think it was. I, I mean, I love what she said. It's so important. Um, you know, she mentioned about high income careers and how that can be a focus and what that, what that, what that message is all about is. You know, we have this belief that wealth is, um, is achieved. Wealth is not achieved. Wealth is created. Mm-hmm. It's created. And when you focus on high-income careers or all of these things, yes, that you need that, you know, because you're tackling all that. But it's it's still a philosophy that no, you don't achieve wealth. You don't get there one day. That's not how it works. But you create it is the way you do it. And create it by understanding the, the the foundations and the building blocks of wealth. And then she also mentioned insurance, which I know is not talked about a lot. It's taboo, and people have this whole I don't believe in insurance like it's a religion or something. It's not a religion. It's, it's a tool. It's a Welcome back to the Method Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, are you intimidated by money and estate planning? As you hear a cut from our last hour guest, Ashley Thomas, from a previous show on building wealth in our community, as well as from the CEO of Money Motivation, one of our sponsors, just talking about the concept of interest being a tool and really to move into the estate planning. In order to do that, I brought on another special guest, um, Shay Norman from Society of Black Agents. Thank you, Queen, for being on with us. We are introducing you as now one of our queens of intellect, so people will be hearing from you more in the future. But this is your first time. Thank you for holding me down. Um, just to highlight of our second-hour guest, Rico Tippett, um, his experiences and some things. So our thoughts and prayers are with that brother. So he's not able to be with us. So it's just going to be me and you, Queen, holding it down. I know you were helping me, in a sense, co-host with our guest, but you are now the guest, uh, if you will. But thank you for being with me, Shay. If you will, say hello to the truth seekers and give people a little bit of your background and relationship. Okay. Thanks for laying that out. Can you hear me pretty good? Yeah, you're coming through, you're coming through Queen. Go ahead. I know you. Awesome. I know you enjoy yourself in, in, on vacation. If I could just throw that out, enjoy yourself. I'm in the cold over here in South Carolina, and you enjoy yourself in in sunny weather. I'll say that. So yeah, we can hear you loud and clear from your sunny weather. Good, great, great. That's good because I'm feeling real good out here in this sunny weather. Um, first off, let me just say thank you so much uh, for the conversation that I've already been privy to. I listened for the entire hour uh, while I worked out on the sun deck. But um, like he said, this is Shay Norman. I am co-founder of Society of Black Agents, which is a safe space we created for black agents to get what they need, to get what we need 
that we won't necessarily get from a carrier or an agency. Um, it's anywhere from branding and marketing to mentorship to networking collaboration. Um, I also am the founder of The Bridge, which is a financial accountability coaching. Basically, I merged my uh, license my Series 65 license, my life insurance license. I've been in financial services and insurance for 16 years now, so I've blended those skill sets, those licenses with spiritual life coaching from Life Life Purpose Institute in California. I merged those two to create a financial accountability coaching company because one of the things that you all have been talking about in reference to this, this, you know, money issue, conundrum, problems that we have, So much of it is not about money at all. And in my career, I realized that from working with hundreds of people that it was so much for us to uncover, you know, right in the budget is easy, but it's so much underneath that needs to come out, um, that needs to be directed before we even talk about money. So that's the reason for um, the bridge. But I'll stop there. Um, Thank you for, for welcoming me on. No, absolutely. Um, again, with a lot of experience, and you've reached some pretty height, pretty pretty far within your industry, and and so um, you've kind of have been the epitome of what what I would assume, and this happens for a lot of us. And so, whatever in a sense made you jump into that career 16 years ago, um, one thing that you that you've done, I just want to highlight this. Is and I get and I get this term from a brother by the name of Michael Sutler, who's one of our members and has been on the show plenty of times. But um, you you went through this process and you've remained in a sense you've made plenty of money, but you've made your money and you've made conscious money. This is a term that he uses, and conscious money mm-hmm. is I'm going to attain these resources. And I also feel an obligation, in a sense, to my people, whether that's teaching the information or showing others how to gain resources as well. And so I applaud you. And again, I'm very, you know, very serious about those I, in a sense, vet to become a part of our community club. And so I'm glad to have you on board. And I really wanted to delve in again your area of expertise into that cut that we just heard, which again was Ashley Thomas as well as Mark Ranger talking about. You know the aspect, in, and Mark he mentioned it in that cut. He mentioned the idea of, to a degree, life insurance still has a, a level of taboo within our community. But that's only the basics of estate planning. We we rarely extend past that. But I wanted to start in your wheelhouse, talking about that discussion and the dialogue of getting, in a sense, more people to get insurance, what that looks like, and if you will, start with how difficult it still can be, even to this day, even though I think there's more rhetoric moving in the right direction, you live, you're in the industry. What type of things are you having to overcome with individuals when it comes to the idea of leaving some type of legacy or estate to those that come behind them? If we could start there, um, please. Okay. I, I want to reach back just a little bit, if it's okay, and then I'll okay. get into that. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. So one of the things I want to bring out, and this is particularly for parents and for adults who care about children, who care about the next generation, you don't have to be a parent uh, per se, but you thank me for having a certain consciousness about money. 
And what I want to say is the thanks really goes to my parents. Really, I, I just am me. I'm, I'm just being as much of me as I can. So my upbringing, the way we came up in the, I would say, I would just call it for general, most general terms, is the Afrocentric community in Atlanta, which is in a, a community within a community within a community, if you will. And right. I can remember my parents, and they still are, but I can remember growing up, them being giants to me um, in this community and doing so much work in the community that when we talked about family or we had family functions, it really wasn't just about our individual family. It was about our extended family as well. So there's a term I always like to, or, or a phrase in a sense, I always lean on. You don't, it's like, um, I don't have to have a yacht if I want to go out on the water. If I've got good relationships and good people in my life and they have a yacht, I have one too. I don't have to necessarily have everything, but it's in our connectivity and our community that we find, we can find a lot of wealth. It just depends on how you look at it. You know, what it is that you're mm-hmm. taking in, teach you what wealth is without really looking internally first. So I just want to big up to Hakima and Tamu Kenyama. Those are my parents and, and their level of consciousness that I was brought up in allowed me to be that and allowed me to be an expert and I'm still growing, but my expertise really lies within who I am, who I be. So that's the first thing I want to say. But um, I'm going to, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to move forward to say that when it comes to life insurance and people's unwillingness or difficulty to accept what's right in front of them in black and white and the way those policies are created, the benefits that come out of it just like exhaust from a, from a moving vehicle, the the issue lies in lack of clarity. And okay. I say that, you know, you, you talked about me being on vacation right now. For me and who I be, it's a must that I get out of all of the marketing, all of the social media. And I'm not even really on social media, but just so much that comes at us on a daily basis. I have to take time to get back to myself. And when I do that and I pull up my authentic, what I call an authentic financial plan, when I pull that up, and I'm a journaler, I've been journaling, I don't know if that's a real word, but I journal, and I've been journaling since I was in the sixth grade. I could still pull up my construction paper colorful journal. I've always been about who I be. So the financial plan that I created, I created that on my own. Yes, I have experience in the industry, but I had to step away from the teachings, the what's in black and white, because, okay, I get it. Those are the things that are offered to me. I have to step away from that and authentically create a plan for my life and come back to it and continue to come back to it. And and as I increase in my knowledge and awareness, that plan was more clarified. I knew what policies. I knew what type of investment. Um, I knew what type of savings account. I knew what bank because I already had an authentic plan for my life that was void of any other professionals. Um, mm. it, it was about me and what my, what my life is about, if that makes sense. No, it makes sense. We're actually up against the break. So uh, let's go to this break and keep diving into this because I definitely want to understand because I, I, I hear a lot and you're just breaking down that, Hey, I'm, I was a professional, but here's what I, 
how I focused myself, and it brought me back to having a better plan for myself. It's what I think I'm hearing. I definitely want to understand how you, in a sense, getting your sense of self, getting your bearings, how that plays out or should maybe, you know, maybe maybe the idea that people can learn to do that first and it'll help them with this journey. Because again, there's a lot of fears associated with, as you said, here's what it says in black and white, but there's fears with making that actual decision. We'll be right back Mm -hmm. and listen to the Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Are you intimidated by money? Well, this is a question most people never think to ask themselves. But when forced to think about it, many people realize they have unrecognized fears that truly affect how they deal with money. If you want to learn more about money and the fears that keep you from prosperity, join us for Making Money Matter Mondays, where money meets mental health with personal finance coach Ashley Thomas and psychotherapist Dr. Katrina Pitt. Every second Monday of the month, find out if you're intimidated by money and what to do about it. To receive a link to this free Zoom event, please DM the Making Money Matter or the Mental Dialogue Instagram pages or contact 404-604-9477. Making Money Matter Mondays. December the 13th is our first one with first hour guest Ashley Thomas and Dr. Katrina Pittman, psychotherapist with 20 years of therapy in reference to the fears and this idea of being intimidated. And now I have special guest, uh, Shay Norman, founder of Society of Black Agents, amongst many talents. And Queen, you were talking about that, you know, in a sense, what you needed to do. And I wanted to get definitely some dialogue into, um, again, getting over that intimidation or figuring out the correct policy. Because again, a lot of us have an idea of doing it, but we still, unfortunately, even with famous people, see GoFundMe sometimes. So we got to get into this dialogue above and beyond life insurance in itself, but that's the first step. So if you could give me, you know, your thoughts on that, uh, we got a caller that wants to get in as well, Kevin out of um, South Carolina. For anybody out there online, you do have to press one if you want to get in and give us a comment, give us your three cents, or ask the question of our expert, Shay Norman. Go ahead, Queen. So what we were saying before the break, and thank you, um, the question you asked me was kind of pointed in reference to life insurance. And I wanted, I was watching an a, a interview with Dane Dash a couple of days ago with a host I didn't really prefer, so I won't say his name, but um, he mentioned the fact that for him, he can't be in a, in a lot of circles and have a lot of conversations because many people won't understand where his thinking is. And although I don't I do not do the antics and necessarily have a personality like his, but I understand where he's coming from. So anybody who's listening and you're looking for the keys about, you know, how to go ahead and make wealth with life insurance, bear with me because, in my opinion, it is not that – it's not that simple. It's, it's Well, I'm going to say it's not that easy. It is that simple. Like I mentioned, you have policies that are designed – to protect, well, to grow and to protect and to pass down financial wealth. And all too often when someone would come in the office and sit with me, they weren't necessarily looking to find out about those policies. Even if I brought it up, they were basically saying, well, I, I, I just need to get covered. I just, you know, some, you know something happened to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know I need to have some insurance. And when I start breaking down the, and I'm going to not just say cost, 
But I'm going to say the investment into a policy like that, what I just said, that allows you to grow, uh, Mm -hmm. protect, generate, you know, pass down wealth. People don't necessarily like to hear what that cost is. They don't think about it as an investment. They think about it as a cost. And so a lot of times people will lean over to term insurance. So term insurance, of course, is uh, most beneficial the first day that you have it. Um, most people, and I think the, the, the stat was term percent, and this is when I used to really look, look at the stats a couple years ago, but I remember being very grounded in the fact that, or, or the stat that says only 1% of term policies actually pay out. If there's anybody on the line that follows those stats more closely and updated, um, chime in. But the bottom line is you're purchasing something that will likely not come into play for you. And let's say, for instance, because it is term insurance, it's, let's say you have a 20-year term, meaning that it lasts for a certain term. You can have a five-year term, a 10-year term, 20- or 30-year term. But if, and, and if you're thinking about how much it costs, you're likely going to get the least expensive thing. And mm-hmm. so let's say you get a 10-year term policy. At the end of that 10 years, that life insurance company, in a sense, if it was a person, is going to shake your hand and say, thank you very much for those premiums. We appreciate you. If you want to extend it, it's going to cost you a huge amount more, but you can do it if you want, or we can just walk away right now. I appreciate those premiums. And your family doesn't have anything because the term has been ended. At that 10-year point where that term has ended, now you're 10 years older maybe because of lifestyle, now you've got some health issues, maybe on a little blood, you know, high blood pressure medication, maybe even develop diabetes or, you know, certain things that will make your premium even higher. So you've got age, then working, not in your favor. Um, You've got the possibility of increased health issues that will cause you to have a higher premium. So it just makes sense. When I talked about earlier and I said it, you take time, you know, to understand what you really desire. What is your overall plan? Because life insurance fits into a plan. It supports a plan. So you want to do crypto. You want to buy real estate. You want to do all of these things. Life insurance can be that anchor, but also at the same time, while it's protecting, you can be growing money, right, that, that Uncle Sam can't get to. It's life insurance. So, there are no taxes when you pull money out of a life insurance policy that's growing money. I'll stop there. No, yeah, absolutely. And um, let me get the brother Kevin um, out of South Carolina to see what he has. If you're on the line, you have to press one to let us know you want to speak. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646-787-1691. Brother Kevin out of South Carolina, give give us your three cents, or do you have a question this morning for us? Thanks for calling in, King. Oh, that is uh, uh hey, how y'all? Hey, how's everything? And uh, uh, that's that's uh, the sisters. She's, she's phenomenal. Um, when she was describing her family, what I hear is she's describing a culture. Is a is this who I am? Is who I be? See, mm-hmm. it's just what we do. You know, um, and the problem is when it comes to this, this topic, we have horrible people that tell us how to do this thing. You know how to we got a, we got 
thousands and thousands of insurance agencies, and basically most of them, all they're doing is telling you, well, you just need to get some money to get the uh, get a funeral just in case somebody died. Uh, life insurance is about passing down generational wealth, passing down a legacy from somebody. All right, I saw a sign that, uh, yesterday that said estate sales. You're passing down what a person has accumulated over their whole entire life, and then you're supposed to take that and grow from that point. Now, if all of us had the opportunity to let somebody else run with the ball and we just pick up from where they left off at, we would have so much more now, like I said, that generational wealth. But we never have a ball passed down to us, and we keep trying to run and run and run the race. We keep restarting while everybody else mm-hmm. is way and years and years ahead of us. If we would do this, if, if people would talk about this thing with an intelligent and, and show us exactly what's going on, because, see, the problem is we're ignorant to this. We're ignorant to all the finances. We're ignorant to the insurance. Why? Because no one's talking about that with any, any uh, explaining it to us, how they say, in layman's, terms, in layman's terms, where we can, you know, get to it and understand it properly and know how to manipulate That's why we don't do investing. We don't know nothing about that. We don't do the Bitcoin. We really, really don't know nothing about that neither. We don't do that because we have leaders that don't teach us none of this stuff. You know. Um, so let me, let me jump in real quick. Let me jump in real quick because I, I want to really highlight an aspect of as well as um, Shay's thoughts on this. So it's uh, as someone who loves to educate, and obviously that's why we do this show, trying to give people more information that they can use. Um, but I also understand that there could be a disconnect even when people are teaching, because there are times where there's plenty of people like Shay, there's plenty of people like Ashley, uh, I have other people in the community that are gladly giving and teaching this information. Um, however, here's the disconnect that I want to, you know, hear from, I want to hear Shay's thoughts because yours, Kevin. So, the disconnect ends up being this right here, though. So, say we could have you come out for a class and explain, as you said earlier, the black and white of how this insurance policy works versus how this insurance policy works. And you broke down the difference between term and maybe whole life is what you're pretty much, you know, one way of calling what you're referring to. So, but the mentality and the the mentality of scarcity, which is a part of our community, makes us focus on even what you put in black and white as a form of cost. And so there are plenty of people, like you said, that get to that point where maybe they did have a term policy. Now they're revisiting. I know I need insurance. And unfortunately, based on how their money is set up, when you, you can, it's really an investment they're about to make, but the psychology of seeing it only as a cost is why they don't pull the trigger. So we end up with GoFundMe with them knowing I really wanted to get this for my family, but they're also really thinking I can't afford that. Now, of course, had they done it earlier and got the insurance policy when it was cheaper, then it would have been the investment that wouldn't cost as much now. So I'm just saying it's a real-life thing. You can give it to me in black and white, but they're also mentally, realistically saying I can't afford it because of how they're handling their money. So if you can just kind of jump in, that that's where the disconnect It's not just simply people are not teaching it. It's when it gets taught, 
the other end is I don't know that I can afford it. It's the only way that they're thinking about it. You mentioned that, but I wanted to dig deeper into that psychology. Yep, and and you you help steer me um, and keep me on track here. I want to get to that, but I have to kind of address what our brother was just saying. And, Kevin, I appreciate you jumping in. appreciate you um, giving me certain accolades there. I want to challenge you and anyone else who uses this language about what we don't do. We We don't have to do that. So if you, Kevin, are thinking differently, if you, Bobby, whoever's on the line, if you see that you're on your journey to financial freedom and you have some clarity, you desire more clarity, you're looking at life insurance, then I would love to hear us do more of embracing the fact that we are doing that. Yes, we should do more of it. But when we say what we're not doing, we're putting more negativity on top of the situation. So I would just encourage us and challenge us to change the way we speak, number one, because we're engaged in a conversation right now where you could be doing so many different things but you're making an investment right now into yourself and into your community just virtually by being on this call. So kudos to all of us, first of all. Let me say that. Oh, yeah, Um, you know I love that. Yep. Um, We got to speak it into existence. And that's why I say a lot of times I I don't have to – I don't talk a lot. I don't have a whole lot of conversations. Uh, But let me fast forward to where you were with that, Montoya, You talked about a scarcity mindset. You also talked about the fact that I could teach a class, another person could teach a class, and then that person could still come away confused or having a a high lack of of clarity. This is the reason I say you got to know who you be. You you have to, it has to start with you because a teacher, I remember I, I was in high school. I had a teacher who spoke French. He was from um, the continent. He was from Africa. I believe he made it. I can't say. But I wanted to learn French so much. But we had a disconnect. And so the very information that he was attempting to give, he wasn't the right teacher for me, at least not at that point in my life. And, of course, in high school and public school, for sure, uh, which I, I love homeschool. I love black independent school for, the, for that reason. You you can't really shape your learning path in school many times. And so when we go to social media or somebody else say, oh, I met this awesome person. Oh, there, some people paying them $5,000 for a class. They got to be, you know, teaching you everything you need to know. All that is great. But if it's not the right teacher for you, if it's not someone who really is going to partner, Ashley used the term partner earlier, which I love, if it's not somebody who's going to partner with you and understand your authentic desires, then, you know, it, it could be any teacher. They could be an expert in their field and all of that stuff, but there still can be a disconnect. When you talked about scarcity, and when Kevin was speaking, I was thinking about hey, me, how. Hold on, second, hold, on second, hold on a second, one second. I got to go through another break here, so just bear okay. with me. We'll finish that uh-huh. conversation out of the break. And, Kevin, we'll get back to you um, out of the break as well. You're listening to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. Well, all I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. 
But if you missed the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of Intelligent Radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478 478- 781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. Muskegon, Michigan, ladies and gentlemen, poetry. My funny's been acting funny lately. Now I don't mean ha-ha funny. No, I'm talking strange, weird, different type funny. This time, money's gone all out, leaving me, showing up, then leaving as quickly as she came, ignoring me, treating me like a poor man. What'd I do, boo? <laughs> all, all I ever did was love you. Maybe too much, because now, like, now it's like we ain't cool no more. We used to be road dogs, inseparable. But lately, my money's been acting funny, and I haven't seen money in months. I got more than a hunch she's playing me, trying to make me jealous. Hanging out with other fellas. Always in some other brother's pocket. I try and tell him, man, those other guys, those other guys are just using her. They just using you money. She don't want to hear me. She don't want to hear me. She don't even return my phone calls. She don't stop by the crib like she used to. She won't go to movies with me. She won't even go get nothing to eat. And you know a brother can't eat without money. Don't you know I miss you? I want you. Okay, I need you to survive. My life revolves around you. I can't replace your money. Believe me, I've tried. There's only so much bread and water I can take. Call me spoiled, but I remember the days, I remember the days when people used to see us at the hottest clubs, the expensive restaurants, all the high-priced stores. I made sure I looked good with money. I treated you right. I never abused you. Did I? Did I abuse you, money? Did I get used to you hanging around and now you giving me a taste of what it feels like to live without you? People still think we're tight. I mean, they still ask about you. I I, I don't like them all in my business, so I just reply, you know, money and I aren't as close as we used to be. My money's been acting funny lately. I can't even call out a name when I'm shooting ball. Oh, oh, I saw her the other day in Beverly Hills. She didn't even acknowledge me. She looked at me like, How you get in Beverly Hills? Like, I don't belong. Ever since money hasn't been around, I feel like I'm losing my other friends, too. American Express, Visa, Discover. Now they starting to act shady. I think she's spreading lies on me. I tell you, I don't know what I did, but my money's been acting real funny lately. 
and I don't know her anymore. And my life ain't the same. Never will be the same until money comes back into my life. So if you see her or any of her cousins, because she's got a whole bunch of family running around, let her know that I miss her, that I love her, and I want her to come home. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, my special guest, now new member of Queens of Intellect, Shay Norman, from founder of Society of Black Agents. This morning's discussion question, are you intimidated by money and estate planning? As we hear a dope poem by, that goes by the name of Poetry. And um, wanted to pinpoint, we got a couple callers uh, wanting to get in. We got Kevin on the line and another caller wanting to get in. And I just... I really, if I could say, I just want to have you pinpoint on the psychology of that person saying, I can't afford it. That's the question. That's the, the fear. That's the intimidation. So I definitely love and hear, like you said, sometimes it has to be the right teacher. So it's about the right fit, finding somebody who makes sense, who can make it make sense to you. Because I definitely understand what you're saying. If At the end of the day, uh, if we're not understanding each other's language, there's no chance of communication. So definitely understand that and say, understand that that aspect, but I think there's plenty of us who want to do the right thing, but just how we see money that makes us not do what we know we should do for our families. Hardly anybody wants to have a GoFundMe at their passing. Right. A- absolutely. Um, that That's something that is, is very unfortunate. I'm glad it exists actually, but it is unfortunate that we revert to GoFundMe. And I guess the question you just asked or the point you just raised that you want me to speak to is people saying that I can't afford something? Yeah, absolutely. Because, again, that's where people that really want to do it, their real-life circumstances, the way they're looking at it is, I just met with Shay. Everything she said made sense for my family. I'm going to try to... But I'm going to tell you no right now because I plan to get back around to you. A lot of times I don't. That psychology is what I want you to speak to. So if if you can't afford it, you know, it's all about what you value. It's all about what you value. I heard Ashton speak earlier. um, I was in and out, but I, I heard her speak earlier about something that she has her clients do. And I think she mentioned looking back over, I know for me, when I'm coaching a client, I'll have them look back over three months minimum, six months if you're a little frisky, nine months if you really want to get into some stuff. And we can really look (laughs) at where your money went. Oftentimes, we're working hard and we're swiping cards, debit cards, and the money is just going out. And when you look back on three months, even three, even one month, honestly, you know, it, you know, life happens, right? And some months, certain things happen, emergencies happen that aren't going to happen every single month. That's why I like to look kind of far back. It's 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 interesting to me, anyway, uh, because I know I made a lot of money and I blew a lot of money. So when I'm sitting down with someone, I'm speak, I'm I'm working with them or partnering with them from experience. There's a lot of shame around you know, where your money went, but it's okay. You know, it, it's real. It's life. It's, it's growth. When you stop and you look back and you say, oh, my God, I went to, let's say, um, Kevin Rathburn's in Atlanta and spent $200 on, on one dinner. Or I went to, I don't know, Houston's or, you know, uh, any other more popular restaurants that are pretty pop- pricey 
And sometimes we did that. It's like a knee-jerk reaction, like, let me go do this because this is what everybody else says feels good. Let me go do this. And the whole way through your meal, you're stressing about what you're spending because you really haven't accounted for it. It's like a knee-jerk reaction or, like, immediate uh, gratification. So when you really take the time to, like, say, no shame, you know what I mean? I'm going to look back. Our bank accounts, we have online accounts. Uh, You have your banking app, depending on what bank you're with. And you can literally just sit there within five minutes and pull up what you spent in the last three months. And when Mm -hmm. you see how much went out and nothing came back to you, then you might start thinking about things a little bit different and put life insurance, especially life insurance that builds cash value. And I wasn't necessarily talking about whole life earlier. I particularly uh, am a fan of the index universal life when you know how to use it, when an agent knows how to help you facilitate and set that policy up. I got to give that disclaimer because many people have lost a lot of money following insurance agents that do not understand that policy. So that's what I was talking about earlier. But, but yeah, so if if you really, you, you got, you got to look at where you've been to really talk about where you're going and make it solid and make it stick. So you got to look, we can afford it. I don't want to hear that. We we can afford it. And here it is. And here it is. I'm going to go back to Kevin very briefly because I promised him I would. I want to get to the other caller. So if you're anybody that's listening, so what we just heard was when you're thinking you can't afford it, she just gave you the formula for figuring out whether you can or not because in the moment you are you just thinking about what you have in your account and you're like I don't know that I can take on that two hundred and you know two hundred and three dollar policy going forward you're like am I gonna really have that extra two hundred dollars and if you just take a look back you might find out you actually do it's just where are you prioritizing because what happens is it's our habits that we unknowingly mm. place most of our money on. And so it's a take a look back. So when somebody like a Shay walks in your room or calls you and says, hey, here's something that makes sense, and you say, I want to do it for my family, versus you're waiting to figure out how do I get an extra $200 a month, do what she just said. Go just pull up your account and take a look back three months, and you'll find out you've had $200 a month. It's just one less this or one less that. And that's where people lose sight of thinking, I can't afford it because they don't think to do what you just said. So I think that's an excellent way to handle that moment. Um, Kevin, I'm going to give you one quick thought, so keep it quick, brother, because i got another caller. Go ahead, King. All right. Um, Psychology and a timetable of why we do what we do. Like you said, you broke down somebody, and you sat down and add up their money whatnot. And what it is, when I bring up the psychology of poverty, is that people take that as a negative. It's not a negative. But it do, I'm trying to get you where we are and the reason why we spend that money, like you said, prioritize. We don't prioritize it. Because our money for us uh, is about trying to make ourselves feel better. That's why they spend money on those flashy things and uh, that. So that's why we, we, we go and put our money in uh, rent versus mortgage at the beginning. See, we get houses and things of that sort after we done got old, after we done retired from a job. You understand what I'm saying? Now, when they get stuff early so they can raise the family in it and then they downsize as they get older. See, the timetable uh, of finance for us is different from other groups a lot of times. Um, so let me say this, Kevin. Let me jump in, brother. Let me jump in real quick. 
No, 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 brother. Will, I understand you completely. Here's the challenge that Shay's giving you, and you know, I mean, you've heard me say this before as well. So it's a little small things. Um, the fact that we're on this call is not, in a sense, it's, it's people that are looking to move away from that mindset, and I know you understand that. So it's not that we don't understand yeah. you, but it's just, but here it is. It's the dialogue. It's the dialogue of learning to say. Some of us, or yeah. for a long time. What we saying? Uh, here, listen, let me finish this, Kevin. Kevin, I'm, I'm going to cut you off if you don't leave me out. So all I'm sick because i got to get another to another comment. So what I'm simply saying is you learning to get away from general blanket statements. What happens is if you talk that way daily, there are babies that hear us. And so we give them the mindset that that's how we are as a people because we speak so general. And so Shay is challenging, which I always do too, challenge to speak a little more specifically because anybody that listens to you is learning something different than what you say we always do. So it becomes unfair to make a blanket statement if you're not the person who does it and you want to raise a child to think differently. You can't say that that's what we do because then you throw a blanket on the entire community. So it's just a challenge of you giving the right information, just getting more particular in how you speak. That's the challenge that I'm giving you. All right, thanks a lot, King. Thank you for getting in. I'll let you get back in if I get a chance, but I want to go to this caller before the next break. Area code 609, last three, 891. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Good morning, Montoya. This is Marilyn. Very interesting conversation, particularly the insurance piece. Um, I know when I first started, when my daughter was young, I had to do term because it was the least expensive, but then once I was able to afford to upgrade, then I did do that. Life insurance is our stock market. I mean, it's the most assured thing that we can do if we're trying to leave legacy for our posterity. It's like set it and forget it. You know, you have to revisit it every so often to see if you can upgrade even what you have. But as the young lady said, if you wait, and you want to switch over, it's going to be more expensive, and you're going to get less coverage, which is ridiculous. So we really have to drum that into our culture that that's that's the primary way. Um, I know a lot of blended families that split the difference, so everybody is covered. And your children, you want to cover them as soon as possible. Like right after birth, you want to cover them because that's the least expensive. Um, Absolutely. And I'm I'm loving this this conversation about changing the narrative and changing our language and changing the way we speak. Um, because I've been an advocate for that for a good ten years or so. Once I realized how it was affecting our people, and if we're speaking the same as our oppressors and people that really don't hold us to higher regards or our best interests at heart, then we're doing even more damage to those we're trying to to help and to elevate make aware of who they are. So, um, no. yeah, we, no, we do have to change the way we speak. And when we're talking about life insurance or insurance periods, we insure those things that we think means to, mean things to us. We insure our homes, we insure our cars, we insure our businesses, mm-hmm. but we won't insure ourselves or one another. And we have to change right. our perspective. So when we speak to one another, and we teach. A teacher, that's another thing about a teacher. A teacher is not a teacher unless you're learning from them. I don't care how many, you know, parchments they have or accolades, the letters behind their name. They are not a teacher unless you're learning from them. 
So just like a church, a lot of times you stay at a church forever because grandma and them went to that church. But if you're not getting right. fed from that Hey, let me jump in, Marilyn, because I'm up against this great. Um, I'm loving this. This is an amazing three cents. I really, really appreciate this call, but I am up against the break, and I got a, a brother um, that sponsors the show that I got to highlight real quick, but I thank you. That, I mean, everything that you pointed out is the direction that a lot of us are heading in, headed in, and so for Kevin, I know you're still out there listening, and it's just realizing that people are making the transition, and this language absolutely matters. There are people who, who don't get it, but we should we should separate that so that we're not saying that we all do this. And I know he doesn't. He's not saying all, but it's just a way that we learn to talk. So thank you so much, uh, Marilyn, for an excellent three cents this morning. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. If you're looking to purchase or sell a home in Atlanta's competitive real estate market, there's only one real estate agent we call on, Ephraim Abdullah. Not only is he honest and straightforward, but he has a proven, repeatable strategy that consistently gets his clients the homes they wanted versus their second or third choice. What's Elfram's secret? His virtual on-the-spot offer moves his clients to the front of the line for purchases and for sales. His no-nonsense approach gets your home sold and off the market. For a results-oriented real estate experience, contact Elfram Abdullah, a licensed agent powered by EXP Realty at 770-800-7922. Again, that number is 770-800-7922. If you have a product or service you would like to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please contact this brother I'm bringing on now. He's a longtime member, longtime supporter of the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Ephraim Abdullah, thank you, King, for coming on the show. Very briefly, want to start highlighting our, astound, our astounding members who do lots of great things. Because ultimately, while we have this show every Saturday morning, our ultimate goal is for you to connect and do business with one another because you get to know people who are vetted, you understand, you believe in what they, you know, in some of the same things they believe in, and this brother has been with me for a long time. So thank you, King, for coming on very briefly to highlight. Thank you for being a sponsor. Uh, but if you will, King, just uh, I want to say hello to the truth seekers, but just share with them what's going on with the housing market since you are a real estate agent. And the reason I want to highlight this, particularly for this show, is because for most of us, the largest purchase we will make in our lifetime will be a home. And and a lot of times, even that gets, you know, we don't always do that in the best way when it comes to estate planning and passing it down or family members get it and sell the home versus keeping it. So there's a lot of things that go with that, if you will. But if you will, just highlight your skill set and any points you want to make in reference to this morning's discussion in, uh, in reference to the real estate market. Thank you, King, for being with us. Thank you for having me. Good morning, Truth Seekers. Uh, I am your Atlanta Metro real estate expert advisor, Ephraim Abdullah, and I help families build wealth through home ownership real estate investing, and debt conversion. Um, so, yeah, this conversation you're having uh, this morning, Montoya, is very, very, very re- relevant and um, um, extremely important for everybody, but especially, you know, in our community, it's something that we haven't really done a good job at, estate planning and, and things of that nature. But, um, yeah, real estate is has long been the foundation of wealth building. 
So if you don't have any any land, if you don't own any real estate, then it's very hard to build wealth, to get started building. Um, uh, and most people will start with with their own home that they're going to live in. And like you said, um, um, the the, uh, the the ownership piece is is something that's that's um, a lot of times overlooked as far as how to go about doing it the right way. And there's so many different opportunities that exist now that didn't exist before. And what I try to get people to do is look at their home as more than just a roof over their head, but an actual asset to be able to turn it. I mean, it's a debate on whether a house that you live in is an asset or a liability. If you're not making right. actually cash flow, yeah, it, it, it technically can't be considered an mm-hmm. asset, even though it, it does appreciate and grow in value for the most part. But there are opportunities right now that can definitely make your home an asset. You know, one huge one right now is just Airbnb. Um, you know, people are uh, renting out rooms in their home. I know a lot of, not everybody's comfortable with that, especially when you have families. But uh, especially mm-hmm. younger people that aren't, don't have children yet or they're single, not even married or whatever, that's an option. And that's something that I'm, I'm uh, talking to my children about. One's a young adult. Um, 24 years old, another one's 19, another one's uh, about to turn 18. The other two are uh, a little bit younger, 13 and 14. But I'm talking to them about when they purchase their first piece of real estate, think about it in terms of how can I how can I make this an asset? How can it be an asset for me? Whether I'm going to purchase a duplex and live in one unit and rent the other one out, or like I said, purchase a single-family home and rent some rooms out on, either on Airbnb or long, long-term tenants. Uh, if I have a basement, you know, putting that on Airbnb or what, what have you. Um, so just thinking about it differently and um, planning with that different uh, perspective in mind. Nah, thank you for so, that. And, I, you know, I want people to – yeah, I want people to hear that – you know, that they can link up with you, even if they just, in a sense, want their own home here in the, you know, anywhere in the Atlanta area, um, that you like to talk to them about it from all aspects, not just the aspect of trying to get a home. And it's not necessarily, you know, the market goes up and down. There's a lot involved in the market. But again, I just wanted to introduce you mm-hmm. and um, thank you for those, uh, for your three cents this morning. And uh, make sure you let them know how they can stay in contact with you so we can get back to Shay for, uh, for the end of this. Um, you know, again, been a great show. Thank you for your three cents this morning, Kane. Yes, sir. Thank you again. Uh, you can contact me um, on Instagram through Ephraim Sales uh, ATL, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Ephraim Sales ATL, E-P-H-R-A-I-M-S-E-L-L-S-A-T-L. You can reach me on any of those. You can call me 770-800-7922, and my website is EphraimSalesATL.com. Right, thanks a lot, King. And so, um, Shay, we got – in a sense, some closing thoughts to a degree. We're close to that. Uh, but before we get there, I just definitely want to, you know, again, highlight the home as a part of estate planning. Uh, we've harped on life insurance. But life insurance entails even more than, I mean, estate planning entails more than life insurance. So I definitely wanted to harp on the aspect of, again, avoiding a GoFundMe and what that looks like. And I think we talked about that specifically. But if you would, please, um, again, I know you coach people as well. So when you're helping people really get their estate together, 
what type of things are you talking about to them in addition to, all right, they got the, the correct amount of life insurance. What additional things are you talking to them about um, as well, if you will, Queen? All right, hold on one second. Shay, did I lose you? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you, Queen. Okay. Uh, so first off, let me just say um, an agent and financial advisor should be a part of your team because I'm not really, let's say, an estate attorney or or I don't, I don't, I kind of refer people to someone who mm-hmm. deals with their estate. But some of the things that I talk about are, like I said earlier, you know, what what do you really want your, you know, stages of life to look like while you're working, after work, you know, who's responsible for you to make the right decisions now and after you're gone? Those are some of the foundations. Definitely right. So can you highlight what those correctly. things are called? Can you, yeah, can you highlight what that is called? You see what I'm saying? So I got my life insurance. So what is that called yep. when you say have yeah, the names of those things? I want people to hear the you know what they're called. So Ephraim, if I'm saying his name correctly, just spoke about real estate, which your own home, um, or if you're buying investment property, goes into an estate plan, your IRAs. If, if you if you invest in real estate, self-directed IRAs where where you pretty much control the account, you know, and what's invested in it is a great thing to look at in your estate. Of course, we have our 401ks and things like that that people aren't really maxing out when it comes to funding and pulling that money out at the right time based on taxes, based on age. That's some of the things I talk about, uh, savings. And most importantly, like, the thing that directs yeah, it all is the thing that, that directs it all is really writing out um, your will, your living will, having a uh, health directive or health care directive, yes, so exactly. that it, it, it is easy for someone to pick up and say, oh, "Okay, this is what he wanted. This is what she wanted. She's incapacitated or can't really speak for herself at this point, but these are the things that she set up, and this is how she wants mm-hmm. things to play out." No, that's perfect. And, again, it's just, you know, what happens is sometimes we're so focused on the life insurance thing that we're not realizing that all of that stuff is included. Or we think, I don't have enough to have a will with. And I think that's another um, misconception, if you will, and I would love to hear your thoughts on that. we got a couple of minutes, so whatever closing thoughts you want to give, but if you could just even highlight the misconception of I don't have enough for will, because what happens now, because we're in this technology age, there's a lot of intellectual property that you may not be monetizing, but mm. it actually could be beneficial to future generations who are going to get smart about how to monetize intellectual property that you didn't even think about. So if we could just highlight that real quick, give us a closing thought and how people can stay in contact with any public information you want to give out as well. Got a couple of minutes, Queen, but thank you so much for being on this morning. Yep, and, and I appreciate being on. That was a loaded kind of question or, or comment you were leading me into because I probably am not doing right by my own intellectual property. But there's so many different ways at this point. The world has gotten so much smaller. There's so many different ways to make money that I think a lot of people can get caught up in not knowing what to do. So, again, even though it doesn't sound sexy, it it sounds repetitive, if you really sit down and, like, give yourself some time to figure out who who I am, what what are the ways that I can make money easily 
or where it's not completely stressing me out. I don't want to necessarily follow the roadmap of another person just because they have financial success. I don't know what that feels like to them. I don't know if they have more stress than happiness in their life. So really understanding who you be and the money moves that you can make that match up to who you are authentically is, in my opinion, the best thing that you can do. Also, when you're choosing a financial advisor, you don't want to just go look at how many followers they are. Um, you want to look at who that person really is. And also a great show, Montoya, or a great topic is how to choose a financial advisor, the questions that you should be asking. There's a lot that goes into that. So as far as reaching uh, me, I'm not on social media much. I'm trying to do a better job with that. I am C the Bridge on Instagram. C-T-H-A-B-R-I-D-G-E on Instagram. My company is thebridge.life, and that's T-H-A, bridge.life. You can connect with me that way. Also, if, if you're promoting this somewhere and, and my name is somewhere, y'all can hit me up on Facebook Messenger. Uh, thank you. Beautiful queen. Making Money Matter Mondays. DM me. Follow us on at IG, mental underscore dialogue or or directly 404-604-9477. You can text me for the link on Monday night with Ashley Thomas and Dr. Katrina Pittman. All I ask is that you think.